So we're coming to you um, middle of the week here. So obviously this is another one of our bonus episodes. And uh, today is actually a really auspicious day. Um, our regular recording episode day landed exactly on September 20th. And that's special because on September 20th, three years ago in 2017, we uploaded our very first episodes to the internet and the podcast was born. So um, obviously a lot has happened um, in those three years. A lot has happened to the storyline. A lot has happened to the players as well. Um, you think about especially um, uh, Jesse, uh, Owen, and Bryce. Um, you guys were um, all students at different schools than you were where you are now. Um, for uh, Bryce and Owen, you guys were still back in the last stages of high school and moved on to college. And Adri, you moved from college to the real world. So, a lot has changed. Um, just to um, catch everybody up on what's happened in this last year, um, if you remember, we uh, began the, uh, the new uh, podcasting year with uh, you guys having discovered that the Spore Druids had thrown their lot in with a low wall and had uh, turned against you. Uh, then you returned to Lowford, and in the uh, most um, homey and wholesome episode we've ever produced, we all got to meet Arlen's family and his favorite cow. Um, although we did discover that his sister had died of some uh, disease carried by the, or maybe exacerbated by the the uh, the fogs coming down. Um, and then uh, you guys went down to uh, the old capital, and that's where Adri died in combat with Snoot the Black Dragon. That was definitely a, a moment in there, which then led to Cotter's choice, where he had to choose to uh, give up himself to bring Adri back or not. And uh, he uh, chose to do so, but it turned out to be just a test of faith by his, uh, his deity. And uh, Adri uh, came back to life. Uh, then you went and uh, had the, the silky wedding and all the fun that was involved there. Um, and then we cut over the, to the Baxi and they encountered the Watcher and was given the quest to uh, create the ink to make the uh, fake spell book. Um, and then the regular party went off to Dino Island and got to meet the uh, great hunter from Porta Magnum. Got to encounter a lot of the local fauna and flora, run into a bunch of the dinosaurs, and then ran into the depressed sea king. Uh, meanwhile, back with the tabaxi, uh, they had to sneak into Porta Magnum to get more information from the library there. And then they had to go and tickle a squid, and they had to uh, take out some wyvern. And then we go back to the main group, and you guys got to face the beholder in one of the more epic battles that we've had. Um, and then on the way out, you guys encountered a cute little dinosaur named Thrax that uh, no one adopted. You uh, recover the dragon's hoard, Snoot's old hoard, um, including a whole bunch of items and a whole bunch of gold and so that you subsequently have lost. Um, and then went off to Kolesque to investigate the wine shipments there. 
And while you were there, you ran into a Lowall who put you into yet another one of his illusionary prisons. But this time you encountered the Mind Traveler. Um, and apparently this was a, a Gith Yankee that uh, since you were in an altered state of consciousness, he could actually encounter him. And he uh, basically beat the living daylights out of you in order to uh, get you in the proper frame of mind to go and discard the illusion that you were facing. And uh, then uh, the Tabaxi encountered the elephant people who were being enslaved by the uh, demon or the devil, excuse me, and had to defeat the devil. Um, and then, uh, meanwhile, the main party went back to Pheromons, where no one was nearly assassinated by a dwarf assassin who apparently was uh, the uh, child of one of the people that uh, he had taken out. And then in one of the more interesting things, you guys returned to Porta Magnum and after uh, meeting the, the gnomes there, decided to resurrect Orlana, bring her back from the dead in, in another watershed moment in the, uh, in the uh, podcast. And um, then you had to descend into the depths of the earth. You returned to the clouded oasis as you descended into the subterranean caverns you encountered some Zorn. You encountered the Myconoids, which was kind of one of the, uh, Jesse's favorite encounter we had. Um, you had. Some crazy Darrows, some Dire Trolls, some Driders, a bunch of Drow tax collectors. And then you were ambushed by um, a group, uh, they being uh, including Varus, uh, Adri's betrothed. Meanwhile, the Tabaxi um, fought off a ghost ship and then took out the Morkoth and recovered the last item for their um, ink project and returned to the Watcher to get the uh, fabricated spell book. And then uh, and with a nat 20, switched the fabricated spell book for the real one and fled out of there. And meanwhile, the party was in the clutches of the drow. Um, in the, uh, the men were down in the, in the drow dungeon with the rest of the slaves while Adri was trying to out drow the drow and, uh, out scheme them. And you guys were given the opportunity to go and steal the phylactery in the clutches of the drow during a dress ball in the 13th household. And that didn't go real well. And you ended up getting into the chapel and encountering the demon queen of spiders herself who then uh, gave you the option to carry her mark in exchange for spiriting you out of the dangerous situation, which you all agreed to. So, wow, quite a bit has happened in this particular year. I must say this was uh, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. You guys uh, gained two more uh, phylacteries and lost one of them. And uh, here we are. So um, let's go around the room here and, um, go with our kind of our usual uh, questions here. What was your favorite moment of this year that we just reviewed? Um, so uh, usually we go from left, right. Let's go from right to left. So uh, Craval, or in this case, Drew, why don't you tell us what was your favorite moment of all of that in this last year? Uh, it's kind of a toss up. Part of it was just funny because I was the guy that milked the squid. So that was kind of funny. But I thought just in terms of sheer hilarity, the tabaxi meeting the elephant people, because I just thought it was very amusing to think that these elephant people run, wandering around this world and nobody's seen them. 
So these four guys just walk up and are like, oh my God, it's you're an elephant. And they're probably looking at him like, oh my God, you guys are cats. It was just humorous for me. So I, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I like how you describe it that way. Very good. And and how about uh, you there, Owen? My favorite part uh, this last year was resurrecting Orlana because we had been talking about resurrecting her basically ever since she exploded, which was almost a year ago at this point. So it's been like tapping at the back of our minds, like, okay, when is this going to happen kind of thing? Yeah, we had talked about that as a possibility. In fact, even um, Galchabar had mentioned it to you. So it was one of those things like, is this ever going to happen? So that was that was fantastic when it finally did. Um, and then Matt, how about you? What's your, What was your favorite moment for this entire year? Actually, I liked our encounter with the uh, queen of the demon webs there. I really enjoyed how... Uh, a chaotic entity suppressed its urges to destroy us so that it could uh, gleefully watch us in, in chaotic mayhem later on. Yeah, she really seemed to, well, I mean, obviously she likes in, delights in creating chaos. And then the also, you know, her belief is that uh, by uh, creating chaos, she you know makes the drow stronger. So she likes to kick over the anthill and see who comes out on top there. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very interesting, uh, experience there. And how about you, Jesse? Like you mentioned at, at this, the intro to this, I love myconids. They're my favorite creature in all of D and D. So it was really neat to get to experience them in the underdark, especially before we started getting into the horribleness of Drow and Illithid and all of that. Yeah, definitely. And we'll get back to that in a minute there. And how about you, Bryce? Um, my favorite moment was, um, it was really short, but when we got all the book together and suddenly you were there asking me for a skill check and the thing we'd been prepping for months and months to do. And I was just freaking out You were and freaking I rolled out, yes. a natural 20 on the sleight of hand check to place it and it all worked out. Yeah. That, that was one of those moments you can't script. Um, and that, yeah, to this, listening to the buildup where you're just staring down at your dice, just absolutely panicked at, you know, you know, I don't have a uh, sleight of hand is, is something I took cause I'm a combat rogue. And then you rolled the nat 20 and everything, you know, came out roses and, and unicorns. So that was fantastic. Very good. Now on the flip side, what was your least favorite moment in this entire year? Cause obviously in the midst of all that, there was, um, some things that was, uh, was less fun than that. So, uh, Drew, how about you for the least favorite? Uh, actually it was more, it was more recent and thankfully there won't be any spoiler alerts simply because how late we're doing this, but my least favorite as a, as a player and as a character that I know it's going to come up is if uh, uh, Adri ever tells Creval that she saw another bronze dragonborn and didn't tell him until after they left the city. Okay. Because I was like, oh, no, that's going to be bad. Because I, I knew I knew it was going to – I know it's going to be bad when Creval realizes he has a brother or a cousin back in there and he thinks he's the only male bronze left and she didn't say anything. Okay, so yes. That, that was my least favorite only because I know I have to role play it later and I think it's going to get bad and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> so, but that, that, that that's just as a, that's the only thing I think of because the, everything else has been really enjoyable. That was the first thing that I thought role play wise 
really listen to the negative reaction out of it. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be bad when I have to do this. <laughs> but yeah, everything else is really good. Real good. And actually, I just realized I skipped over myself here. Um, so for uh, favorite moments for me, actually, my favorite moment, there was so many of them um, that were wonderful. I'm especially the way uh, Matt took to or no one took to uh, Thrax when Thrax came out. That was just uh, absolutely fabulous there. Um, and um, obviously, the whole experience there with uh, Adri dying was was really uh, amazing and, and interesting and then obviously uh, resurrecting Orlando was really neat although that took me as a surprise because Owen hadn't mentioned that he was going to do that so we just kind of had to make that up on the fly but that was neat but actually my my really favorite favorite moment was returning to Kaharst and having Jesse as uh, Adri negotiating with the drow on every front and trying to outdraw the drow. Okay. Anyway, so back to the least favorite moments. Um, Owen, how about you? Oh yeah. Um, getting the, um, uh, phylactery stolen. That was very upsetting and I did not like that at all. Yeah. And the, the big question is why did it get stolen? Uh, was it the actual phylactery? And so a had to get it back to protect it. Or was he just being even more, um, you know, confusing by stealing one back to make you think it was the real one and then, um, you know, not, uh, not letting you know for sure. So it just, you know, muddy the waters even more. So what do we think? Do we, do we think we actually had the real one there from the beholder and he got it back? Or do we think he was just trying to throw you a red herring and confuse you even more? I think... I think it was a red herring. I think if we had the real one, Lowell would have just tried to destroy us. Mm -hmm. We would have come too close. I have to agree. I know I, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. I just I'm the guy that's like at the pit point of the pyramid trying to figure out which way to go on this. But that's a very good argument that Matt just made. So I'll have to agree with Matt on that one. I think maybe it was a red herring. Anybody else want to hazard a guess? My thoughts align with the party. Okay, good. And then, Matt, how about your least favorite moment? Hard to say. You know, I kind of like Ichi of the Adventures. Let's try to think a least favorite. Um, I mean, I guess for no one was probably when that assassination attempt happened. Because no one's pretty full of himself. And that was one of the times where you first realized, hey, you know, I could actually lose this one. Even every, even against the beholder, no one didn't really have that level of fear. But there it was like, ah, oh, this is bad. Yeah, although on the beholder um, fight, he actually came, what, two points on a, a saving throw roll away from being turned to stone. So, so yeah. And, and yeah, actually, no one didn't know that. <laughs> All no one knows is, Nothing really, really bad happened and the Beholder died. True, true. And actually, that's one of the neater points about this entire year is, is Matt, no one's probably had the largest uh, amount of character development of anybody. He's really uh, progressed and, and changed and grown over the course of this year, maybe even more than any other character here has. No, that's, that's true. Um, certainly the chaotic tendencies are being replaced with more lawful tendencies and being... Uh, with a group that actually protects each other and has a sense of honor is certainly 
having an influence over this forest permit that was adopted by a monk um, and trained for martial purposes, but didn't really have that sense of honor where I'll even go out and be cliche and say family is, is being developed in the actual harshness of the world. Yeah, very good. And how about you, Jesse? How about your, your least favorite moment of this year? I think um, probably when Adri died, um, because I really, I didn't know that, that there was a contingency plan for that. And as a, as a player, you know, there's this weird sort of like, you know, that the odds are there, like it, the potential exists that your character might die and never come back, but you never actually expect it to happen. Um, so when that happened, I was like, okay, I was really attached. This was like my first D and D character. Adri is my first D and D character. So it was like, oh okay i guess and then it obviously it, it got turned around which was which was really cool but my initial thing that was that was awful <laughs> yeah i remember at the end of that episode right right as we you know because we cut to, to black there after just as she fell um uh, i remember just the right right in the, in the ending music you know, your your voice saying i might cry guys okay and bryce how about you so my least favorite Part was also Adri's death and the emotional like manipulation bit that came right after that wasn't super fun really because that was like my favorite time I should put that down as my favorite moment I think you did yes um yeah that was kind of fun putting you guys through the ringer so that was real good and actually let's jump to that um we actually had a bunch of uh watershed moments that happened this particular a year, and one of them was the death of Adri at the hands of Snoot the Dragon, um, and obviously we've heard from from um, Adri there. So, so what did you what did you think there immediately after the episode was done? Because at that point in time, I kicked everybody but Bryce out of the room, and you guys were all on the front porch while Bryce, you know, agonized over his decision. What 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 was going through your mind during that point in time? And actually, I'm any probably this, I'm probably sound like a really rude person. But when when her character went down, I was like, okay, I got a diamond. I'll get her up next round. That was literally the only thought I had when I walked <laughs> to the house. I had I had forgotten I had forgotten that we had a deal with a god. I had forgotten that that we were being looked out for by by Cotter's deity. I was like, okay, resources, cleric. I have one third little spell slot. I got this, no problem. That, that was literally all I thought when I walked out the door. I didn't think about how poor how poor Jesse was feeling about a first character. What yeah, and I, was yeah. gonna do. I just walked right outside, put my feet up, and just chilled. And I think as as a player, as a person, as soon as you told us to leave the room, I was like, okay, this is getting fixed. But like immediately, I di I just assumed that that the possibility of a, anyone's character dying existed. So my character's dead. I got to roll a new one. <laughs> yeah, I had a real long argument with Dianect about I can just run over and like bring her back in in action in half a round. And Dianect was like, no, 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 look, look at all the infinite possibilities it's not going to happen. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And then the whole rest of the thing happened. Yeah. And Bryce, you had the, uh, the biggest part of that. Cause obviously you and I were sitting here staring at each other across the table and I gave, you know, the options like you could replace her and then become a general in my army. And yet at the same time, you are, you know, in, in the mind of Cotter, you're like, but I've got a wife at home and a family and all this stuff, which I didn't have just a couple of months ago. And you just had to puzzle that whole thing. How tough was that for you? That was rough. And that's what I'll say. Yeah, it was. That does, that does feel sound very rough. 
Yeah, and like part of the argument was like if you had said this four months ago or something, it would be a yeah, that sounds like a great like go up to a high position, save my group. But like I had sit like distinctly remembered Sinia saying, Hey, don't leave me again and I was like, Okay, and then thinking like, can I leave her this time? Yeah, it's kind of tough every time you go back to uh, Port of Magnum. So real good. Anybody else want to chime in on on that watershed moment? Okay. And- I'm, I'm sort of with Drew there. I kind of had a sense that we would have a healing spell or something. Yeah, and obviously you guys are getting into the range where, um, yeah, you do have that ability to pull people back from the verge of death or even bring them back from death if you have to, but it's still uh, kind of a scary thing out there. Yeah, F- going for as fear of death this episode we just recorded is pretty high up on the you guys were looking pretty pretty uh, darn uh, teetering there for a while until you turn it around yeah so i was wondering i don't remember if you can remind me was i already following the new god at this point when adri did that um so yeah, you would have. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because we just come down from the mountains. That that's you. That was right before the spore druids. So yeah, so that was last yeah, year. Yeah, I was re- here. I think and Bryce is a huge call, but I think you have that really well role play wise. I think if the roles were reversed and it had been Creval, it would have been a totally different story, and it might have derailed this this playing somewhere else. I think you did a really good job role playing that. Thank you. And actually, we might mention that uh, that you know while. Um, no one has made probably the best character development over this course of the year. Bryce, you've probably made the most personal development over the course of the year. I mean, has anybody noticed that since the COVID shutdown that uh, Bryce is now the, uh, or Cotter is now the party spokesman? I mean, who would have thought that three years ago? That would that, that would have been like, no way, right? He was certainly uh, sparse with words. Yes. The strong, silent type. Well, he's a, yeah, he's really good at expressing himself now and in, 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 in a, the situations that call for it, I still cringe and I feel bad though when you ever make him explain what Carter looks like because I can almost see the panic in his face. But when he's relaxed, he's a great orator for our group. Oh, well, that's just become kind of a running joke for us all. Let's let's make Bryce describe Cotter's features. And uh, another watershed moment was obviously going down to the depths of the earth to visit with the. Uh, um, Adri's family there. And, and Drew, I know that you were looking forward to last year, at the end of last year, Adri's backstory coming out. And now that it has, uh, how do you feel? I agree you with know, her. It's funny. I was really just thinking about this. I'm still very much enjoying Adri's backstory, but I can tell you this much as a, as a uh, going through experience as a player, really going through the whole drow background now with her and with you leading it, I can honestly say that now that as a character – who has experienced the drow culture, I understand completely better now as Creval why Arlen and Cotter reacted the way they did when Adri's makeup got washed off when she fell into the river, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So as a player, I'm greatly enjoying it. it it's, it's everything I thought it would be. It's frustrating, it's angering, it's, oh my God, let's crush these things. And then at the same time, it's like, Man, what's where's the next hit gonna come from? Because it just feels like we're just getting not literally, well, literally too, but figuratively just beaten to a pulp by this culture that we have no chance of understanding. 
You know, it's interesting you say that because you hear the, the terrors of the Dro society, but actually we were treated, treated pretty well. None of those tortures and things that the tales that reach the surface ever happened to us. As prisoners, we were kept in relative comfort, fed well, and as far as we know, it was the Dro who helped us escape, and in fact, they did, some for noble and some for personal gain. But certainly what we've seen in actual drill culture does not reflect the stories that we had have heard. Well, um, part of that was that you guys were under the protection of Adri because, uh, you know, they, I was about to say, yeah, yeah I would disagree with Drew, you. We were we we were under the protection, but our characters haven't witnessed any of that. Uh, we, we witnessed going to find dinners and parties. Yeah, where they murdered we people for this large mistakes. spider murder somebody because she dropped a glass or something. Yeah, you did get to see one servant that was uh, was uh, sent to the spiders, and then um, obviously uh, you also saw people being dragged down the hall to uh, be sacrificed to Lolth and things like that. And and the other part of it, though, Matt, was that um, obviously we've got a kind of family-friendly show, so I could imagine so many more worse things that uh, could have happened, but we want to keep it uh, at least somewhat family-friendly there. Oh, I get that. But as far as uh, no one's personal experiences, there's nothing that's happened here that would warrant uh, an immediate draw of blades. Certainly, they they don't seem to be any worse than even some of the guards that we've witnessed in, in the, the surface towns, you know? Mm, perhaps. Real good. And then, obviously, at the end of that, you guys encountered the Demon Queen. So what was your feelings when um, that particular episode happened? You guys, you know, ended up more or less falling into the chapel and all of a sudden you turn around and there's Loth waiting for you. So what was going through your minds when that happened? Absolute abject terror. This was... Really? Yeah, she's a god. Was, as, as Arlen, he was very afraid. Oh my god, I had a totally different reaction as Creval. I almost felt like... I, I, I was two seconds from flying into a rage. I'm not even kidding. I was like, I was so angry when she showed up because I was like, this is all a setup. That's all this is. This is all a setup. And I I didn't speak over anything because it was definitely Jesse's moment. But I was like, we're getting set up. We are totally getting set up. And I still feel that way. I was like, oh my God. I was so He would have got smashed like the proverbial, no pun intended, spider on the wall if he had done anything. And I know he would have. But yeah, I, I was instantly angry realizing that poor Adri, poor Noan, poor Krival, all of us, we're getting set up by this creature and we still don't know the end game of when it's going to be over if it'll ever be over yeah that's the other thing it's like what do you think is going to happen when she calls in those marks i can't speak for the, for the rest of the group because I, and I, I wouldn't if i could but i it's going to be bad when she tries to pull the one on creval because creval never really agreed to this he he it just got swept along into it so now he has no water that he's fiercely devoted to and then he has this other god saying now you owe me and it's going to be fun when that role play comes out no, I, I don't think it's like, do me a favor. I think it's going to be like the proverbial banana peel under our feet when we least expect it. Yeah, most likely. I yeah. agree with Matt. Yeah, most likely. Real good. And how about the rest of you? What did the rest of you feel when you end up running into the demon queen and the spiders? It actually ended up going a little better than I expected at first talk with major divine entity we're standing there like oh this person controls most of the what's this underdark mm -hmm. they this could be a very very bad moment 
still ended up being bad, but it only ended up being bad in the future instead of bad immediately in the way that it was already. So, yeah, the arguments we were making to each other was it's either have a very bad situation right now or a very bad situation in the future, and we could probably deal with the future situation better than the one right now, hopefully, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if uh, yeah, you've been able to defer the disaster or not. And then Jesse, I, I actually, um, this was your uh, your arc there. What did, what did you think when you actually ran into the uh, patron goddess of uh, your particular culture? Yeah, I mean, at first I thought that it was just one of the priestesses because I, as a player, didn't really know a whole lot about how Wolf um, shows herself. Um, so it was. It was definitely a shock. I'm, I'm, I feel like I, we made the best decision that we could considering the circumstances, but I'm not really looking forward to, since Adri's whole arc is about, you know, undoing kind of the cycles that she grew up in, that it'll be kind of difficult to have to repeat something that um, is part of Lolth's jurisdiction, whatever she ends up having us do. Not looking forward to that. Yeah, quite interesting. And then, um, actually, the other thing was, what did you think when it turned out that your sister was actually part of a drowish resistance trying to uh, unify the uh, the uh, elvish cultures? I was pretty happy about that. Um, I'm I'm rather done with a lot of the narratives of of this whole like you know any one race being inherently evil. Um, for many reasons, and I know Wizards of the Coast is moving away from that, um, so it made me really happy that we incorporated some of that mindset into this game, that we have uh, members of a society that is perceived to be evil as a whole is really not, um, that there's a lot of opportunities for members of that society to move out of it, um, and it was cool to see see you kind of incorporate that concept. Yeah, I mean, obviously the reality is that the whole reason the, the drow exists is that they fell under the sway of a... Uh, a demon queen and but it, right. yeah it was it uh, does point out that yeah people do have you know agency of their own they don't have to sink to the depths of their community whether it's you know poverty or in this case demon worship uh, but uh, they can break free of that and, and excel so it was kind of interesting to see and we'll see where that leads us because it could could be interesting can I just, I just want to chime in on that. Cause I thought that's an excellent point that Jesse made. I totally agree with her. I think it's really great that it's like, you know, you don't just because you want to play, like there are people out there just love the draw race. They don't want to be an evil draw. They just love the draw race or the half war. I, I totally agree with her. I think it's great that, that it's getting away from, Oh, okay. You're going to be a half orc, So you must be a big brute that only can swing a hammer. It's like, well, what if I want to be a half work that likes to play the piano and be a bard? I just think it's great that, you know, this is a good point. Good for you, Jesse. Good point. Yeah, um, I, and I'm playing in one of my friend's campaigns, and I, me and my friend, we play half-work siblings, and we are literally named after flowers. I love that. Of course, they're all poisonous flowers, but... <laughs> no, I'm not just kidding. I'm pretty no, sure her name, is, her name is Daisy. Her name is Lavender. Well, I'm, I'm Rafflesia, but that's because big stinky but like her, hers <laughs> is literally lavender very good and lavender is calming and, oh, uh, yeah very good and uh then obviously the uh, 900 pound gorilla in the room is the fact that um 
during the course of the middle of this year or beginning of this year, we all had to go remote. Um, the COVID pandemic came down and started uh, rearranging everybody's lives in ways we couldn't have even conceived. And and I got to say, I'm, you know, really proud of the whole group here, um, you know, for pulling together and, and making this happen. Because, I mean, obviously we could have just uh, folded up shop the way uh, some of the podcasts have done and, and uh, basically said, okay, we're just going to go on hiatus. But um, luckily we had a couple of episodes in the can at that point in time. And I just remember us all sitting around it's like, okay, how can we do this? Who's got what equipment? And uh, we end up, you know, like dropping some equipment off at people's houses and things like that. And other people ordered stuff off the internet. And uh, we uh, actually, uh, Drew, I remember you, you, you probably ch- uh, checked out what, six different places in your house as possibilities of where you could record to, to make it happen. It, 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 yeah, because I have a very large household and um, it, it was just, it, they've learned because I've you know, explained it. So I, I tell them, just gotta tell them, you know. And I actually, I, I hate to say, it, but I think most of the credit really comes back to you and your household because you're the one doing all the recording. You're dealing with all these issues on top of all your other responsibilities. It's really easy for me to find, you know, two hours of hey guys, step outside the door and stay quiet. But for you to do more, you know, thank you for acknowledging. But it's, I think you are just a miracle worker for doing what you do. Well, we just try to keep this thing going mm-hmm. there, and and, and I, I got to say, you know, it is. It's been better in some ways having um, everybody not being in the same spot, but it's been worse in a whole lot more because um, I can see like, you know, uh, Matt and Jesse, you guys are recording at the same house there and uh, we can see you guys having all sorts of fun conversations that uh, normally we probably would have uh, fed into uh, the uh, actual audio stream itself. But uh, because uh, we're, you know, at different places, we uh, are isolated that way. And so it is definitely uh, inhibited. Uh, kind of more free association across the table and and then, you know, people getting each other's jokes and things like that. But at the same time, um, it's been great that we've been able to keep this going and just, you know, it's fantastic just being able to see everybody every Sunday, just like uh, we would if it was normal, even if we're seeing each other on a computer screen. Yeah, I, I really think it's due to the fact that we've already done some remote things. If we had to just figure it out without Owen having been remote, for six months mm-hmm. beforehand mm-hmm. because he was off in Sacramento. It would have been different, but the fact that it was this, hey, let's plug a couple more people into the system we already use. Although figuring out that the system didn't work with three people and that we had to find other situations, that was a challenge. But Yeah, we had to pivot there. We so. already had the infrastructure to do remote recording. It just was more difficult. Definitely. Okay, so uh, just to wrap up here really, really quick, um, let's just go around the room and say, what are we looking forward to? So, Drew, what are you looking forward to uh, upcoming on this next year? Uh, three things, uh, quickly. One, I look forward to, oh, uh, not sorry, not Owen, I'm sorry, Matthew's backstory, because he's the last one I think we really touch on. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I hope to that we get to the point where we can get back around the table, because one of my most favorite moments is just sitting around with the our mid-break snack and just talking. Yep, yep. And then third, just in the culmination of the story. I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but just seeing how it all comes together. It might just. And then, Matt, how about you? I'm interested in, in more of my backstory. Uh, and I actually want to see uh, what, what terrors are going to befall us next. I mean, these elithids... For me, this is probably one of the tougher fights, if not the, the the toughest fight we had to do, at least at the beginning. So what's happening? 
Definitely. And Jesse? I think uh, I'll just echo. I, I really do want to see what happens with Noan's backstory because that's a whole nother plane of existence. It's not just going into the Underdark. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see where you take that. Yeah. And, and actually, I wrote that up uh, three years ago when Matt handed me his backstory. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finally being able to drop that one. And we still have two more phylacteries to go before we get there, though. That'll be interesting. And how about you, Owen? I'm excited and terrified about how you are going to make my wild magic do its thing because it's been getting a bit crazy. Yeah, it's been sort of um, winding also, out of control there. Yeah, and I'm also really interested on where the last two locations are because they are the most cryptic out of all of them. Although when you find one of them, you're going to kick yourself because, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. It's going to be fun. And then Bryce? Uh, I'm most excited to get out under normal sky again. There is, It sort of has the dungeon effect of while we're down here, we pretty much have to... This is feeling the most railroady, like, oh, we have to follow the path down to find this one place, and then it's... Like, we only have one goal, whereas when we're on the surfaces, do we go to Porta Magnum? Do we go to Kaleskwe and talk with the um, halflings there? Do we stop in Faramons and help them with a problem? Here, it's just, okay, we got to go down the tunnel. We got to go down the tunnel. We got to go down the tunnel. So it'll be nice to be freer. Not going down the tunnel. There'll be tunnels, but it'll be the tunnel we decide to go down. Sounds good. And uh, then, yeah, for myself, I'm really looking forward to uh, this next year and uh, the twists and turns I'm going to throw in your way. Obviously, two more phylacteries, and then we have to figure out Matt's backstory. And uh, it's going to be an interesting and, and exciting ride. So lots and lots and lots of fun is going to be happening there. Very good. Well, um, as always... Um, I got to thank you guys first for hanging in. Um, the uh, This is a really amazing group of people that uh, we've got together at this table. And you guys have done just fantastic, uh, fantastic job overcoming all of these issues, all these problems, and, and keeping the story going. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go from here. And on that note, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside all of our heads.